You are listening to episode 28 of the Inspire Wire with guests Kirby Nooner and Dylan Griswold. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Inspire, Inspire Wire, Wire, a, a podcast, podcast where ideas are exchanged, worlds are traveled, and life is experienced. This is the Inspire Wire with your host, Tom Murphy. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Inspire Wire. I'm your host, Tom Murphy, as usual. If you guys are first listeners, welcome. It's going to be a nice show. I'm really excited about this one. Uh, it's with two of one of my two of my best friends, Kirby Nooner and Dylan Griswold. If you had listened to earlier on, uh, my second episode I ever did was with Dylan. We had a great convo. And um, this past weekend was alumni weekend up at Williams College. Where they play their rival Amherst, we got we got uh, to go up there. I got to see all uh, a bunch of my classmates from 2015, and got to see the game. I was happy to see um, Williams pull out the win, and even more fun was catching up with a lot of my friends um, and former teammates. So this convo was great because we got to talk about a lot of different things, and um, you know. It seems like sometimes we don't really get a time to step back and talk about, uh, have random convos. Um, and it was good because it reminded me a lot of back when I was at Williams, um, just chilling, having weird convos. I like have I like talking about random things, and and we were able to get some good topics, and it made for an interesting, but also like. Really cool conversation, so I think you guys will really enjoy that. Um, so you got that to look forward to. Um, just some housekeeping things. Uh, if you guys are new to the podcast, uh, be sure to just subscribe on iTunes um, or whatever you're um, using, whether it be uh, Stitcher or Google Play and things like that. Um, I'm also on SoundCloud and you can access all the information as well as um, some show notes at my website at www.theinspirewire.org. So check that out. And I'm always wanting to hear feedback. Um, My email is uh, my email is inspirewirepod at gmail.com. And my Twitter is at inspirewirepod. So feel free to reach out love to hear feedback and suggestions all right guys let's go right to the interview all right uh i want to what i want to do right now is introduce you guys um sure thanks so i have two really good friends here kirby nooner and dylan griswold um two uh my classmates also teammates um at williams college um we're here. It's Alumni Weekend 2017. Um, it's been the third, the third Alumni Weekend for some of us. It'll be the second for me, but um, it's uh, it's been a while since we graduated. It, I'm really happy to be here. This is the second time I've been at the chalet. We're at in Vermont at Dylan's parents' uh, chalet in Vermont. We're gonna go head up. Grandparents, Esther. Grandparents, grandparents. Uh, we're headed up to Williams tomorrow morning and we've already had some dope combos and we're just going to keep it rolling um tonight uh guys thanks for coming and and, and especially joining the show absolutely yeah and i know dill is uh dill dill's a chance. repeat that's right dill is the first uh, the highest grossing episode uh and <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm happy to be a part of this heard a lot about it everybody's yeah. uh, you know people are excited uh, happy to be here as well. I'd just like to first of all thank the Inspire Wire. Uh, thanks to Dylan Griswold for making the flight out from the West Coast. Yeah, uh, really glad to have him here. Yeah, Murph, thanks. Thank you for uh, for coming up and putting all this together. Uh, really appreciate all the effort that that went into tonight, and and just hope I can make some good contributions to the show. So yeah. thank you, Dill. Yeah, I'm uh, you know just really grateful uh, to uh, have such great conversation with you. Just a couple months. We've already before. been cooking them up. You know, um, we've we've had a good night so far. Happy to be back on the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you run a great program here. Just blessings, just so and, many blessings. You know, just heard so many great things about it since the last time that uh, that I've been on here. Yeah. And it's just, um, you know, it's been such a great time just over the last few hours. Just, you know, really digging into some 
really difficult areas of conversation yeah. that aren't usually talked about. Bless. No, in, yeah, no. I, in our I, culture, you know, that you're, there, there are often some taboo topics that, yeah. you know, one feels like, you know, cannot be brought up. Yeah, you know, you know what I've noticed is when I've been working, um, you know, it's just like I work eight to five. Mm-hmm. I go through a similar routine a lot and I never I, I don't really have those, you know, deeper type of conversations especially with coworkers and family. So um, that's why I love this podcast and I love um, getting uh, back with the boys because that was a cornerstone that's right. of that's right. just general top, general random conversations. It got pretty wild. It got pretty good. Cornerstone of, of life at Williams, of the, the liberal arts education <laughs> that, uh, that Williams takes so seriously. Uh, it's important to keep living it after you graduate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Murphy, absolutely right. I agree. It's hard to engage people in the real world. A lot of people yeah. walking around. Uh, walking past each other, right? Looking past each other, but not at each other. Not not trying to understand each other. People who agree, people who disagree. Uh, yeah. I happen to think that's something that's especially timely today. Uh, I expect that we'll agree and disagree on things throughout this conversation. Hundred oh, uh, percent. And uh, yeah, pumped to get started. So why don't you why don't you kick us off? Okay, so we got a couple of topics that we've been ruminating a little bit about. Sure. Um, so we we started the conversation off talking about you know. We were in uh, Spring Street, uh, what is it, cafe? Spring Street Market, SSM. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about how a lot of what we're, a lot of what we're doing, you know, is derivative of a selfish, all our choices, whether it be um, to go and um, say, whether you're choosing a job, whether you, you, you're choosing to marry somebody, mm. having kids, mm. all those things. Um, is a derivative of essentially when you bring it down a selfish choice. Now that's debatable. What do you guys think? Well, Murphy, you raise a you know a topic a question that's been debated, argued, questioned for the ages, uh, ever since you know man was was first able to to speak to communicate forever to you fly know, the, to walk to run. The, the question has always been, what is what is the end of man? You know, what is man's purpose? And oftentimes, you know, the maybe not often, but it, at the root of it, one can definitely and might continue consistently argue that all of man's ends are driven towards his own. And you know, personally, I uh, you know I find my sp- I find myself split on this topic. Um, and I feel like I could argue this either way, um, that man's ends are, um, both selfish and unselfish given the different circumstances and motives of man. But, you know, the longer that I, I think about this, I, I feel that at, at, at its root, all of man's choices are rooted in self, um, and before I get into that, I want to give uh, sure. Kirby just a, a chance to state his Sure, I'll say position. a few words and uh, we'll dig in. I think, uh, Murph, really good question and, and something that we, we struggle with all the time. I mean, you take a look at <clears throat> broader macro level developments and, and you think, you know, you think, do, do people behave in, in their own self-interest only? Do, do corporations, do states uh, behave only in their self-interest? And you step back from that and start to realize that maybe it's not not individual interests uh, that are that are most relevant, but maybe collective interests, and maybe maybe by channeling self-interest uh, is is the, maybe that's the way to best achieve kind of the common good. Um, something to think about. I think like Dilla, I you know I come down on both sides of it. Um, examples of both out there today. Uh, I I personally think that you know self-interest is not the most powerful thing. Uh, at the end of the day, I know Dill's got some some theolo- theological basis for his thought. Uh, mine is just more observational and kind of a, a personal thing. Uh, but I'm sure we'll uh, we'll dive into it a little bit more. Yeah, um, thanks, guys. Uh, I think um, one way to kind of break it down a little bit is to go through, say, a particular example. Case studies. Yeah, sure. Could you pose? Could you pose a, a case and, and perhaps we could talk it out? Yeah, I mean. Um, I guess one that is a really, um, I don't want to say maybe a controversial one, um, is just 
and the one we've talked the most about is the decision to have a child. It's a good one. It's it's a, it's debated a lot, especially um, throughout history. It's always been, um, you know, the child is thanking the the parents for bringing them to this world, right? Sure. Um, but then we have the situation where, um, you know, they're they're ultimately they are making a choice, and and when parents talk about it they they acknowledge that it is a choice but they also say it is a sacrifice um one one thing i'd say to that is every choice you make there are opportunity costs you know you're, you're sacrificing the other opportunity you're making that choice um but it's definitely something to think about and it's and it's it's such a hot topic talking about um the choice of children so absolutely uh, is this only in are we only looking at this from the perspective in which the couple has made the choice to have children or in circumstances in which you know uh you know you hear the term you know accident you're an accident um so so which side of those are we are we considering i mean it's a uh, correct me if i'm wrong it seems like you're you're thinking about this as a conscious choice Correct. Is something that's planned, and 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 you know things things happen that aren't planned, and that's that's okay. Um, but if this is a conscious choice, it, it probably makes sense to address it like that. Look, I think to bring something into the world is a contribution to the world. And, yeah. Uh, and 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 Murph, like you said, there are sacrifices that come along with it. Um, I think somebody, you know, wants to to bring life into the world in order to to both give give themselves something to nurture and, and also kind of prolong their own existence. You know, I think there's something really fundamental and, and existential about it at the end of the day, and, and maybe that is a little bit self-serving, but, uh, you know, to give in that way, uh, I think is at the end of the day selfless and uh, something to be celebrated and, and uh, something we shouldn't take for granted by any means. Yeah, it's a, piece. It's a, it's a great way of thinking about that, Kurt. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, again, I'm, I'm split on this because I think, you know, depending on what one's motives are, you know, creating a legacy, you know, back, you know, 200 years ago, the more children that you had, um, the more productive your farm would be, uh, the more productive your business would be. And it was then the, the, the child's or the children's obligation to care for their ailing and, um, and aging parents um, to take over the family's estate. And oftentimes those children were left um, with more than they asked for, with more responsibilities than they asked for, but oftentimes with more money than they asked for. And as far as just, you know, looking at this from a theological perspective, as I will on most of these issues, as that seems to be what my role is in these conversations. That's right. You cover the theological. I'll cover the, uh, the normal. That's right. We'll go there. <laughs> you know, I like to, you know, on, a, on an ideal level, right, I, I like to think of if this child is being brought into the world um, as a consequence of, of love between a father and a mother, um, then, you know, love bears forth love. And, you know, that that a man and woman can unite and create is an image or representation of God the Father's love towards us and represents God's creative power um, in order to, to create in the world and I think that that is something to be celebrated both by the parents and in, in bringing forth another life into this world and ultimately is a means by which the child can then reflect that love back into the parents just as we the children of God reflect that love back to the father wow wow it's good stuff I, I have to say I'm not. I'm not clear. I'm still not clear on where you come down on this <laughs> selfish, selfish dichotomy. And maybe, maybe your point is that it's sort of. And, and I, I think this is this is valid. Is that it kind of supersedes that dichotomy? You know what I mean? I think you know the 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 thing that we should continue to, to strive to learn and to, to keep in mind is that very rarely are things so black and white, right? Very rarely do things fall into these binaries that that we would will them to fit into. Um, you know, we yeah. create these kind of simple structures and and try to to jam these very complex questions and issues into them. And, um, I mean, look, you know, we, 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 we as a society do this on political issues, you know, and, and we, 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 we pick sides and 
we entrench um, and we move further and further apart we were just having a conversation about this in the the context of social media Um, but it applies elsewhere as well I, I think you know Yes, the, the, the questions like this are good because they animate conversations that lead one to understand that the place we start is really not the place we should end. You know, we start with these dichotomies and we end with something messier, but that's really the, the way of the world. I'm not sure, Dill, what you, what you yeah, think Yeah, I mean, I, I would absolutely agree with that because, you know, when we think about these things from a policy perspective or we think about these things just from, you know, white sheet of paper, we, you know, create this very simple linear narrative. Sure where you know x equals y or x plus y equals z or a plus z equals two and you know you can you can write these things and think that they're you know perfectly reasonable relevant in 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 nature on paper but you know things never slash rarely ever play out as we'd like them to or expect them to absolutely all right well, uh, I guess the jury's still out, um, but you know that's how it's going to be. Sure. But where, um, do you, where do you stand on that? Um, I think I think every um, choice we make, you know, you're striving for a certain goal, but like I can't help but see what I don't know. It's hard to avoid seeing how each decision you make can be peeled away and brought back to the original purpose which is serving your own needs now take for example your your choice of spouse when you choose a spouse you're examining sometimes subconsciously the the attributes of that person the demeanor the personality and how those attributes are going to serve your own needs. So in a sense, you're selecting a mate that is going to serve your needs. And whether or not, like, but you also, obviously, you're looking for a scenario in which you can um, serve their needs, but it's a transactional relationship. And I and I totally think that that's real. Is this, is the correct term transactional there? Like, what, what is... I mean... I guess not, but it's an exchange. Absolutely, and it could be. And I, and I think what, what we have attempted to do, <clears throat> and in a lot of ways, you know, I, I agree, and in other ways I disagree, but I think in the best cases, we are able and have been able to and will continue to be able to channel that self-interest in, in ways in which both sides of an exchange or a transaction benefit. But but tra- transaction almost seems too far you know, too too impersonal of sure, the word. Sure, and it may be a little bit cold and a little bit calculated, absolutely. But but it may be exchange. It's not romantic. It's not romantic. It's not romantic, right? Um, and it's not right. It doesn't have sort of the, the fuzzy nature to it that that yeah. we might want it to have. But I would say I would say you know a better word might be a reciprocal relationship. Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. And I've had these conversations with my girlfriend Morgan, mm. and she often like when I say something. Um, I'm very logical and rational about um, my decision and, and mm. explain it in that way. Mm. And it comes off as very cold. Mm. And she's like, well, that's not romantic at all. Yeah. And I'm just like, I mean, yeah. that's the way it is. I mean, I, I, but- and and I'm, it's not, it, it doesn't have those, that romantic fairy tale that people like to think about, but it's it it works. Is there a place for romance in our? In oh, hundred definitely, hundred percent. And, and in a relationship like like Murphy Morgan's, which is a great one and one that that we have celebrated for <laughs> nine long years, and, and wish them all the best and all their future endeavors. Del- <laughs> uh, nope. Thank you, guys. <laughs> in a relationship like that, you know, you you two are in each other's own best interest, Correct. in your own self interest, and so that that is such a prime example of a of a situation of a relationship of of an arrangement in which, you know, you are getting exactly what you want and, and so is she. Um, and there are other relationships. We can extrapolate that out, right? And we can make observations like that. Um, and, and they're everywhere, or yeah. at least in an ideal world, they're everywhere. And, and when those situations break down, that is where we find conflict, right? When the reciprocity yeah. falls away, 
whether um, where there's an uneven distribution. And that happens a lot when some person's getting what they need, but the other person isn't. Yeah, I mean, you you hear that uh, as referred as, you know, the, the seven-year itch in, in relationships where, you know, the romance begins to fall away and you got to, you know, have a, a moment of, of clarity where you really are able to look at the relationship for what it is and for what it's not. That does make you wonder. I mean, Murph, you, you, you know, you say you kind of talk about each part of getting equal parts out of an exchange but i wonder if if and this is maybe a broader question if the reciprocity deal that you describe requires equal distribution to work that's Um, a great question that's a good question i don't know if you know i I, there are there are obviously i'd say the answer is no it does not require an equal distribution Mm. but the relationship would suffer greatly as a result sure for that person that doesn't get their needs and and that's why um an understanding of what the relationship is what needs are not being fulfilled needs to be constantly brought up a a consistent form of communication is essential to any long-lasting relationship when there is a need that is neglected and it is not addressed, sure. that's where problems fester. Absolutely. And then they blow up. And a situation, romantic or otherwise, I think, in any yeah. sort of relationship, I think it, it comes down to effective communication of needs and, um, and, frequent. and the ability to highlight when those needs aren't met and, and reorder those relationships or those arrangements to ensure that if not met currently, those needs are met in the future. So, Kirby, I have a question for you. Sure. Um, you know, Kirby is a master's student. Mm. Um, very, Congrats. Very, very, very... I'm well aware of um, both the divides in our uh, political space, both globally um, and domestically, um, as well as uh, those areas that are, you know, currently working from for more or less pretty well. Mm. Um, and so my question is, in, in our era of increasing globalization, mm. um, you talk about effective communication and, mm. and being able to bridge those gaps. Um, how do you see our increasing globalization um, function within that realm of, of communication, whether it be um, becoming more sure. um, effective, or do you feel like that globalization is is leading to greater divides? Sure, I think it's. <clears throat> I don't think it's a good question. I think it's a timely one, and I think what what often uh, becomes problematic is that as we become more interconnected, you know, as as societies and nations and peoples um, have greater access to one another, they assume that connectedness to equal communication and in fact it doesn't um, and so as a result what I what I think has happened is that as 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 those those channels of connection have proliferated meaningful communication has in fact decreased and so what we assume incorrectly is that as 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 we have greater our ability to reach out and 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 kind of expose ourselves or be exposed to other groups, uh, be they other political parties or, or, or other ethnic or religious religious groups, um, we just we, we we think that by in doing so, um, in seeing these people, that it implies a communication and should mitigate these these conflict dynamics. But in, in, in fact, what we what we've done is is simply entrench further in our own positions. Um, there's been a lot of talk lately about the effect of social media on polarization and 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 on whether or not it can kind of tamp down these more hostile uh, urges that, that we've seen out of our own uh, political climate here in, in the States in the last you know calendar year or so, um, I do have hope that that, that process of globalization um, and greater integration ultimately can lead to a, a more constructive and, and, and peaceful way of existence, but I think it, it requires some more deliberate action than we have put into it. Um, I think the, the tools are there, and we can certainly use those tools in better ways than, than we've used them. Um, but like I said, it requires a, a more strategic and deliberate communication and not just an assumption that flow of information automatically means greater understanding, greater communication. That that issue is, is so true and, and a great reflection of it is at the micro level. Like we, you were discussing it on the macro level, but like when you think about it, um, there's so much, um, you know, disconnect um with the use of social media in anybody's everyday life like you don't have that meaningful conversation like you would if there if it weren't for social media anymore like the fact that we're like talking here right now 
having an actual meaningful conversation. Um, we never, we don't have that nowadays because mm. we're all just connected mm. like distantly. Absolutely. You know? And I think I, I describe a phenomenon. I, I live in uh, Washington, D.C., District of Columbia, and often take the metro. And what I see more and more, especially in, in the morning, is that you walk down to the platform and you know, busy platform full of people ready to, to, to go to work. And, um, and everybody is looking down at their phones. And uh, the first couple of times I observed this, I you know, wrote it off and, and didn't really think a whole lot about it. But as you continue to, to see this over and over and over again, what you, what you realize is that, you know, in, in people's hands, in their pockets, on their desks, et cetera, et cetera, there are these nodes of, of infinite information. And so we think that, that again, to, to my last point, we think that uh, by using these technologies, we are more connected and more aware. But what we're doing is putting ourselves on islands and we're actually minimizing just the human to human interaction on a day to day basis. And, and uh, on an aggregate level, that serves to further divide us. I mean, if, yeah. if, if you know, every person you walk by, you said hello to or made eye contact with. And if every person you walk by, um, you force yourself to consider how that person's day was going, what kind of struggles that person might be going through um, at a given time, we would be a more empathetic people um, yeah. here in the United States. Arguably and more exhausted I'm more exhausted people, but look, I mean, it's, it's, this is the, this is the burden that we bear as, yeah. as emotionally, We're a social animal, as social and emotionally aware animals. Yeah. This is the burden that we should choose to bear. And I think this is, this is really a way toward a, a greater common understanding and, and, and get, again, a more peaceful mode of existence. I mean, but this comes back to, to Murph's question about, you know, parents and, and children and the choice that comes between that, um, you know, is this a choice that we have indeed chosen to bear? Yeah, the the decision to have children. No. You say that as emotional beings and social animals. Yeah, that yeah, that this is a decision that we've or that no, we've chosen it's, to bear. No, it's 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 nature. It's an instinct to need a community, have a sense of um, purpose within a group. And, and like he was saying, we're alienating each other we're on our own islands and our nature tends to bring us together into into groups like um, we were nomadic tribes of like uh, 50 to 80 people. Mm. We had a sense of community. It's it's we really don't have that right now, right. whether it's in the suburbs or the city you're either pulling into your driveway and not talking to your neighbor yeah. or you're going into your apartment where you're surrounded by people but you're still alienated right. and i think i think that that tendency that you describe the the desire to be involved in a group and to be comfortable in a group I, I again i think the technology piece the social media piece becomes so interesting because what you realize further is that it doesn't create these these cross group or cross border or cross boundary divides it just facilitates a greater grouping a greater subgrouping that would otherwise happen you know it's again it's what we trend toward situations that are comfortable people who we agree with um and and these these medias and these technologies just give us greater access to more and more people we agree with and as a result dill you brought up this this graph in the economist that we just saw um that shows that over the last decade and a half or so i think it was people who identify as mostly conservative or or majority conservative majority liberal liberal have in fact moved further and further apart those camps have have moved further away from one another and and i think a large part of that has to be that people, uh, you know, instead of being forced to interact with those who might disagree with them, increasingly have much easier access to those who will just prop up their positions. So, so we're less frequently challenged. Uh, we find fodder for the, argu the arguments we would otherwise make. Um, and again, we, we move further and further away from one another. The term uh, we so have come to know as the echo chamber. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, you know what I was thinking about when we were talking just now about this was your comment about the megacity mm. and and the integration mm. um into a large um group of people mm -hmm. um and how that would benefit society as a whole the fact of um bringing together a lot of people the issue is the segregation mm. the the people being out of touch with different social backgrounds different um, different types of people I'm seeing nowadays that like 
like we just discussed, even if you're in a city, New York City, Boston, any of those, you're walking by, it's just, it's nothing. It's nothing to you. These people you're surrounded by, you have no like personal connection with them. So how is a mega city going to transform that to where you're more aware, you're more um, tapped into, you know, the different things people are going through? Because I feel like regardless of where you are, even if it's a city, that city will segregate itself into, oh, this is the poor neighborhood. This is the, you know, it'll segregate itself and still create those divisions. I don't know. Sure, and I think, and and for the viewers, that conversation about the the mega cities was sort of in the context of how we can better uh, better improve our yeah, kind of from an environmental aspect. No, I think it's I think it's actually really apt here in this case as well. Um, I, I look, I just think kind of structured integration um, and and structured exchange again brings us closer together and whether that is you know an exchange with the person you bump into on a street yeah. um, or whether that is in, in some kind of broader urban structure um, that houses millions and millions of people and I think there are a lot of those out there who would say that these these enormous cities um, really are the way of the future they are the most efficient use of space um, they are in fact maybe maybe a little counterintuitively but the the way we can best protect the earth assuming that we can keep down, harmful emissions and, and keep yeah. down some of the negative byproducts of cities but um that these are the, the the these are the direction in which we are moving not not only because of the environmental benefits but also because of the social uh the social benefits and there's something to be said for putting a lot of people on top of each other and making them figure it out and and yeah. obviously we wouldn't will any kind of uh engineered <laughs> situation like that um but but again there are those who say that that this is a move that's happening because it is in the best interest of society, not because somebody's going to force people into one big place um, and have it be some sort of experiment, but because this is the natural way of things. Um, and, and ultimately, because of you know insufficient resources, insufficient space, um, we will have no choice but to, to, to structure life that way. And it's, it's an interesting concept. It's one that I don't know nearly enough about. Um, but Murph, I, I think it does have really interesting applications Yeah, in this context, too. And obviously, and, and you may be able to speak more to the, the environmental benefits, but um, those are just kind of a, you know an added bonus. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to get started on that because that gets dark sure. real quick. Sure. I'm more of a pessimist when it comes to that. Mm. Um, those who took the uh, my senior SEM um, in environmental studies mm. would know that I literally just chimed in every once in a while oh yeah the apocalypse is happening all that shit Murph's a big apocalyptic guy (laughs) we're trying to keep him a little bit lighter tonight we'll see how we can do yeah yeah and try to push back against that a little bit a little bit of hope a little bit of hope I mean I'm all for positivity um you know when possible like I don't know it just gets overwhelming and um you know like a lot of the topics in environmental studies was focusing on remediation, geoengineering, trying to create a technological fix for the environmental catastrophes that are happening. Like, but for me, it seemed like too little too late. And, and kind of like, well, we're past the point of no return. I mean, we're at the point of no return and, and we kind of just have way too many people. Um, It's like trying to, Clean up the deck chairs on the Titanic as it's sinking. Exactly. And you got a big gaping hole in the boat. Yeah. But um, you know, you know, people are already you know looking for trying to find a way, you know, to keep the human race alive, trying to leave this planet. You know, it's true. It's wild. It's true. No, I think. Uh, I mean, Dill, I think there is. You know, there's always there's always room for hope and. And on tough issues like this, there's you know there's a room for and a need for 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 leadership. And I think, you know, it'll be up to us as individuals. It'll be up to to, to governments, um, and in continents and, and regional organizations and cities and states and mayors and governors, private citizens and, and and public groups and the like to take some sort of leadership on these issues. And, and we've seen it to an extent. And um, we st- we still have a lot of work to go, obviously. But you know, somebody will will step up, and, and we've seen examples of that. But um, 
you know, be up to to those who wield influence to wield it uh, for yeah. the good, or else suffer the consequences uh, for us all, and that applies to us all. Matter of fact, you know, I think I think you're right. There are major cities in you know in Africa, <clears throat> on the continental U.S., throughout the world that will be underwater in twenty to thirty years yeah. um, at the rate that 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 we're moving. Um, and I do want to say one thing is that I am not um, like shunning the humans for cli- for the issues that are that are all about climate change. I think that a lot of what climate change is is just the natural course of, I do too. of I, the world. I do too. Clim- the climate's going to change. Mm. It has. It always has. It always will. True. Humans have adapted. Humans no, the hu- yeah. humans have survived an ice age. So sure, I mean, I think. Look, I think. I think this gets at two really important things and themes that we've touched on. One of which is the importance of accepting a burden and a responsibility where one exists, but also, yeah, the resilience of humanity and the ability to adapt. You know what I mean? Um, yes, things may change uh, by themselves. But I think, and, and we can disagree and we can talk further about it, but yes, I think, you know, the global population has made a significant contribution to that change. I think it is it is very difficult, increasingly difficult, to deny um, that part of these issues are man-made. On the other hand, I, you know, I really do believe in, in, in the, the adaptability, again, the resilience of the, the human spirit on an individual and collective level. Um, so I don't... Well, on one hand, I see this as a serious issue. I, I, I would try not to see it as, you know, in a, uh, an apocalyptic, a uh, world right. ender. Yep. Um, because I'm, uh, you know, on one hand, not willing to deny responsibility, but on the other hand, not willing to accept that we don't have the capacity to work our way out of a problem like this. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's what what makes us unique and, and uniquely valuable. Um, and that's, that's, you know, those are the two kind of big yeah. issues that I see wrapped up in that conversation. Well... That's, I mean, that was a good talk. Good one. Um, really got, good one. Speaking of capacities, mm. how you guys you guys liking this convo so far? I think good. it's good. Yeah, I'm I think like, I'm, I'm enjoying I'm it. Like, I'm like pretty faded, <laughs> but they sleepy. We have a long day. Let's. Hey, you know what? You know what? Um, try these on. You wanna? No. Real quick, just try them. They might that might be better for you. No, no, no. I'm I'm just like I'm just like ready for movie chill time. Those right. are moving chill. We're gonna we're gonna take a, just a short break from the serious conversation. I'll, I'll give a rundown on. I, I got on a the, good one on the tradition that is the chalet, and then we'll move back into something serious. Murph yeah. will have a good conversation. That's right. Reality checking on that. Street lights, eh? Uh, we'll in Vermont. Population twenty six seventy five. Uh, here in this little corner of, of Vermont. Again, the three of us were lucky to attend Williams College for four years, Northwest Massachusetts, the Berkshire Valley. Um, Don and I met freshman year, uh, and it was during that year <clears throat> the two of us ventured up here to, to Dylan's family's chalet for the first time. And, and tradition is that we come, uh, we make a shepherd's pie, uh, which we've already done and, and already consumed for the night, a delicious shepherd's pie with the help of uh, Ashley Griswold, Shout out that crash ash. Uh, we come up here, we you know we drink some beers, we catch up, and uh, and this week in particular has been a trying week for for Dill. Dylan's in med school at Stanford. For those who don't know, um, does a little bit of homework, prays a lot. <clears throat> uh, and this week, Dill Dill flew out to uh, to the East Coast, flew out to Washington uh, just yesterday. Actually, we made the trip up to to my house in New Jersey and uh, and 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 finished the drive and. Um, and so you're catching Dill here on the on the on the business end of quite the week, and 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 we we think we have uh, some some fun activities ahead. But um, Dill's just Dill's going to take a little bit of rest, and 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 for now, I think Murph and I will continue the conversation, and, and Dill will chime in as he can. Um, but again, just to, just to reset the scene, I know most will will pause for station identification, and what I'm really just trying to do is set the context. Um, so again, coming to you from the chalet, my first time on the Inspire Wire. Uh, really pleased with how the conversations have gone yeah, so far, and, and definitely can't see myself being disappointed with how they go from here. 
Yeah. Um, and Murph, happy to yeah, happy to talk about whatever you think we Yo, should cover next. I think you'd be a great co-host, by the way. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, flattered. But um, I guess one to go on the lighter side, uh, which sure. is probably a good thing. Um, one thing, one conversation I thought was really, really great. You had a good take on it as well. Was um, the capacity? We were just talking about capacities. Um, the capacity for a human to be 100% honest with themselves and also with others. Pretty, what probably one of the hardest things. It's difficult. And I think, uh, and, I, and I hope I didn't cut you off. And, no, and no, no. Feel free to cut me off. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be sitting here tonight with, with two of my best friends in the world. And I commented to, to these guys earlier, and I've, I've been blessed with some, um, some wonderful relationships in my life, you know, a great family, great friends, um, just a lot of love. And it dawned on me recently that, <clears throat> that I, uh, the, uh, you know, that I wasn't sure a, if, if I'd ever been kind of fully honest with myself about, you know, different things that I've felt or, uh, over the course of a lifetime, um, spiritual, emotional, um, and otherwise, but also with, with others. Um, I think it's, I think if we really challenge ourselves, uh, it's an interesting question to answer, you know, whether whether there is a person in your life with whom you have been completely, thoroughly, bluntly, for better or worse, honest. Um, and 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 it's a you know, it's kind of a it's a question that, that forces you to step back a little bit. And it's a head scratcher. And um, and I found myself wondering what the answer to, to that question was. And I and I don't know if, if I. Uh, you know, I think the answer was no for me again, just, yeah. just to be completely honest. And so that's something I'm, you know, I turned 25 in October. Dylan turns 25 coming up here. Um, yeah, and I'm, tw- I was 25 in September. That's right. Murph, not too long ago. That's just right. Baby over here. Happy belated Murph sauce. Thanks. And so we're at, you know, what, I, what I think is a fairly crucial point. Um, and I, you know, I think how we behave toward, toward others in our lives and, and how we approach our relationships now and, and over the next couple of years and of course in, in years past as well but um i think uh, again i think how we treat people um sets a tone and, and says a lot about us and um and how honest and transparent we can be um kind of dictates the, the course of life yeah um, and so i i personally and again something i was telling these guys before and something i'm, I'm happy to, to share on air here uh, I personally am trying to start something called radical transparency Yeah, where I'm, you know, with, with people I'm close with and within reason, obviously, but where I just, you know, I, I share more, I'm, I'm more upfront about my feelings and love the my idea. thoughts on issues and on my emotions. And, and those closest to me will probably tell you that I, you know, that I've been, they got to have um, thick skin. Exactly. You know, you, you, you got to have thick skin and, um, and, and for my part, I, I need to be willing to, you know get some of that out there a little more and, and, and to start some conversations that I might have otherwise avoided. And um, also it requires a very disciplined and um, very tactful mm, approach mm, when you tell the truth. Absolutely. Because you don't want to just be the asshole who just comes in and says, no, this is the real, this is the truth. This is what I think. Of course. And, and truth, you know, should be balanced. I mean, it's, yeah. again, it's rare. We talked about this before. Things are rarely black and white. And so, what I have strived to do is to just present my opinions and my ideas in, in ways that are balanced and, and, and take into account what others might yeah. be thinking um, while at the same time not being too hesitant or or, um, or, or short about those positions. And yeah. so, Murph, I, I think you make a good point, but at the same time, I think there's just so much to be said for putting things on the table and, and having the hard conversations. Yeah. I and that's totally something that I, you know, that I that I would like to be better at. It's something that I'm trying to improve at myself. I think it's a, a great goal. I think it's I think that is so great for your mental health, your overall well being. Um and I have another thing to um mm. one thing, um fun fact is that um you guys, the guys on the baseball team mm. that call me sauce, mm. you know, th- it's crazy because my boys from home also call me Sauce. Is that right? Both organically created. Really, independently of one another. Yes. I would like Pretty to wild. take. I would like to take some responsibility that, for that nickname. I heard it. I heard it. Big Sauce. Yes. Right that, I, big Sauce is all on curb. That's right. That's public attribution, ladies and gentlemen. That's yeah. as good as fact in this day and age. If we had in writing, it'd be better. Two Sauce. Um, two Sauce. But guess sauce. Your, yours came from Big Sauce, right? Mm-hmm. That was the original. Mm-hmm. And the Murph other sauce. one, 
The other one, uh, I believe it was Jordy Pimentel, a guy from my high school. Pimentel? Yeah. What's he up to these days? Pimentel. I don't think you know him. Can you no? pronounce, pronounce no, that one time? Pimentel. Pimentel. Are you familiar, are you familiar with, with the cheese? Pimentel. Pimentel. Pimento with an E-L at the end of my right. Pimentel. 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 P-I-M-E-N-T-E-L. Pimentel. Anyways, Pimentel. he called anyway, me. We'll cover that later. He called me um, the Murphy Sausage. Mm, with the Murphy Sausage. And then it transformed good into good, good type the of Murphy Sausage. Sauce. Mm. Anyways. Anyway. Back to what I was saying. Sure. Um, an issue with being honest um, is it's hard. There's one thing. There's one you can be honest. Like say from now on, I'm gonna be honest with people, right? Mm. Tell you my opinions. Mm. Be like tactful, obviously, but don't hold anything back. But one thing you have to. The other part of it is the demons. Mm. Being honest with yourself. No, de- being honest with yourself, but also. Um, Having someone who knows demons. all of your demons. Demons. All demons. everything about you. Demon. Demon. Mm. All right, and I think, dude. And I think uh <laughs> we're losing telling over here, folks. No, but really that that is a difficult thing because say you decide to be um transparently honest, right? Mm. Um Yeah, say you choose to be transparently honest mm. starting now. Yeah. That doesn't absolve you from like all the, no. you know, absolutely not. And I think my, you know, this this whole radical transparency thing comes from a lot of different places. It comes from having, uh, again, I go back to our domestic political climate and having, it comes from having observed uh, elected officials and, and, and people who I would sort of looked up to and, and look to for leadership and, and who lead this, this country behave in ways that I don't, um, I don't admire and, and I don't think are transparent or honest. And so that's a part of it. And that's more of a superficial part, but it's a part worth mentioning. The other part does come from the personal side. It comes from, again, having had some great, you know, relationships in my life, but ones that I wish it, that I had handled, you know, differently or, or yeah. better or more honestly or more transparently. And, um, and that doesn't mean that I, you know, did a lot of things that I regret, but I mean, you know, from an emotional perspective um just wish that i had been more upfront about uh things that i was feeling in those relationships and i think murphy of all people could could speak to the fact that relationships are hard yeah um, and it's just something that i you know and i i value my relationships be they romantic or, or personal professional or otherwise um and that's something that i've always put a lot of emphasis on yeah but that doesn't mean that i can't be better about them right um and again now you know turning 25 Starting to take new relationships chapter. more seriously. It's a new chapter, and and so I think it's you know there's a lot of room for growth for for me personally. Yeah. Um, I like to think for all of us, but I can only speak for myself. And I th- I know that that's on a, on a personal level, that's the growth that I'd like to accomplish in the next five yeah. years. But Murph, again, you know, you can speak to the difficulty of relationships. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's that is the ultimate goal because it's just you know I I think about um. You know, just all the things that the benefits of being able to be completely honest. Mm. I feel like that is a place where you just feel so secure. Mm. So, you know, you know, when it becomes relationships Mm. and you get that uh, reciprocity. The the reciprocity. Yeah, yeah, exactly what we were talking about before. That is like if that is mutual, that that honesty, um, big time. Big time. Yeah. No, and I think it. You know, and I think it's different. I, uh, I think it is really or can be uh, liberating, right, to, to yeah. know that you are just kind of totally open with, with somebody about something. Wild. And, um, and I think, you know, I think for me personally, I Murph can attest to this. I, I spent my four years at Williams kind of running around with, with a, like a chicken with his head cut off, trying to do as many things as I could and was lucky enough to be part of a, yeah. a great group of uh, baseball players on a – on a solid baseball team with a you know a good coach and just a really supportive environment and um, was able to do some cool things extra extracurricularly and yeah. um, you know enjoyed my classes as a as a history major public health and Africana studies concentrator but you know I, I think in a way I've always and, and since Williams too you know being down in Washington there have been some some cool opportunities but um, I think while I have you know kind of done a lot and and. Um, have been lucky to again have cool opportunities and, and have some success in those. 
opportunities, I, I think there's just a lot more to life than that. Yeah. Um, and, and that's something that I was reminded of recently by, by somebody very close to me. And, um, and that's something that I'm trying to really embody and, and really trying to live. And, um, and it's, you know, and it's difficult, especially to have put that off, frankly, for so long yeah. and to kind of put off it's the hard. emotional mode of operation. It's, it's hard to accept it back. And, um, but I think it's, you know, I think it is important. And frankly, look, it, it goes back to this point about empathy and connection that, that we talked about before. Um, and if everybody, you know, could just turn that switch maybe just a little bit and, um, and accept others maybe into their lives just, just a little bit more, you know, I, I think it would go a long way. And I, I, I you know, I don't want to make generalizations, um, cause that's a dangerous game to play, but you know, I'll, I'll, maybe I will make one here. And I, I think that could go a long way for me as an individual, but again, for us, for us collectively as well. Yeah, I totally agree. I think what needs to be emphasized is the ability like you were saying to step back mm. and reassess mm. what you've been your actions your habits what your your persona is what what you've been doing mm. reassess reevaluate mm. say does this really matter right. like right and it's hard because when you get into a groove you get into a mode and and the important issues kind of fall away and you're getting into the minutia mm-hmm. of small details mm-hmm. that matter to you a lot. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, being at in, in college, you know, or high school or whatever it was, every little detail mattered to me on a daily basis. I was, you know, stressing over small things, mm-hmm. but, but I noticed when I have some time, and and I devote some time to personal reflection, mm. whether it's it's forced on me because I don't I'm not uh, uh, I don't have access to Wi-Fi or I don't right. I don't have all these things going on. Mm. I'm able to personally reflect. It, it helps immensely mm. and just a refocus. All right, this this is what really matters to mm. me. I need to focus on this. Mm-hmm. I need to um, say all right, this this really matters to me. I can't be caught up yeah. doing things that aren't productive. um to my overall mental well-being things like that absolutely um that was huge when i went to on my road trip right after college Mm. i literally had no like service Mm. i didn't have you know um college i didn't have sports Mm. i had all this free time and like I, I, i had space to think yeah it's so rare now it's true it is true and i i i think back and Murph, you had a, a great trip, and I'd love to hear a little bit more about that at, at some point. But yeah. Dylan and I um, took a trip after we graduated. We Dylan and I had been in Iceland, Haiti. Right? That's right. Dylan and I had been in Haiti the summer before our senior year, um, just doing some 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 minor volunteer work, really just learning about the place. And it was uh, a great opportunity and, and a fun trip. And we were lucky enough to meet a girl, Emily, that summer. We went after graduation, spent some time with Emily and her family outside of London. Oh yeah, just a, a great and loving and, and warm. And, and, and faithful family and um, we loved our time with them and we hope to see them again soon but but while we were there we, we took some trips and and Dylan is you know deeply uh, deeply religious a, a really Catholic guy so everywhere we went Dylan would have to find a church yeah and so of course for me I'm kind of exasperated by this and it's like oh, you know, fucking Dylan <laughs> gotta go find a church gotta classic find a mass deal. Right, classic deal but I you know I understood it and, and as somebody who is, is personally not as um, religious, not not raised in any organized faith, I understood that it was something that I maybe didn't understand. You know, I, I recognized that I had my own limitations, and this is something that was important to do, and so I would ride my bike or walk the extra mile or take the bus across London or wherever the case was so that Dale could, could find his church. And what I realized uh, during those experiences um, is that, you know, I, I could sort of find my own little church or chapel or altar um, space in, in space right with you know specifically with a pen and some paper and a cup of coffee but really just uh, with some space and with some time and just um, dumping your thoughts exactly and i and again for somebody who likes structure and stability um and plans the, the sensation of just kind of writing and, and seeing where the pen took me um allowed me to make some really really valuable connections i think about myself and um, and, and about who I was as a person. And I hadn't really expected that. And so I've tried to keep it up, um, you know, this past summer, 
was going through some difficult things and, and try to pick it back up again um, and saw that value, but uh, but but unfortunately just have not done it consistently enough. But you know, I would advocate that uh, a Big lot for, for anybody really. I just think it's so useful to to write um, or if you're you know if you're a praying person to pray. But whatever it is that you do that just involves some kind of free flow of expression, um, putting the pieces out there and then you know picking them up after the fact. You'll be surprised at what comes out like. You have so many thoughts a day. Mm. You have like your natural tendencies, what what you really desire, what you really think. And when you just start writing, things come out. And and then you look back on it again. And you're like, wow, like this is what I this is who I am. Like it's hard to you know sugarcoat things when you're talking to yourself. Absolutely, yeah. And I think I mean, look, I you know I think that ability to to just kind of let that stuff out and, and to, to recognize it and to not try to suppress it, frankly, to, yeah. to maybe be a little more um, in touch with that side of things has, has bled over into, you know, my personal or my professional academic life. And yeah. I think made me more successful there, just made me a more yeah. expressive and, and passionate person overall. So, and that goes back to being transparently honest. Absolutely. Like as, when you allow yourself to be honest with yourself, great things happen. Like it's not just with other people. It's like, yeah, all right, this is how I feel mm-hmm. and write that down and let it sink in mm-hmm. just like you would studying for a test when you write down your notes. Exactly. You got to write down your thoughts. Exactly. Yeah. And just in the same way that a knowledge base kind of fills out as you, as you study for a test, you know, your, your, your person, your, your character kind of fills out as you understand the pieces of it that exist that you may not have been aware of or, or confronted otherwise. And as you start to piece those together, again, you, you kind of fill out as a person. Um, you know, and that process will continue, but I look at the point that we're at in life and, um, I like to think that we're starting to, to fill out as people and starting to, you know, to, to move in the direction of things that matter to us, um, and move in directions more intentionally and, and, and with a little more thought. And, um, and so I know that I would like to be, you know, kind of the, the wholest and fullest person that I can be as I start to move in the directions in the same way that I would, you know. I would want to know as much as I can or feel as prepared as possible walking in the door of a test. Um, yeah. Know as much uh, about a company as I could walk in the door of an interview. You know, you want fullness and wholeness, um, whether it's, you know, uh, whether it's a personal thing or, or, again, whether it's in a classroom or, or a job setting. That's what we strive for. Um, we probably know, right, that we're never going to achieve that all the way. And if there were ever to be a point where you could know everything about yourself or about a subject, you know, what more would there be? be we we'd find ourselves bored as hell. Um, there would be no more room for growth or for yeah. progress, and and yeah. then we might as well just you know go from there. So um, yeah. I like to think that you know you can continue to strive for things and know more things about your friends and, and the people around you as well as yourself, but also understand and accept and be fine with the fact that you're never going to know it all. Um, yeah. and that is what I think a lot of these, these conversations come down to. So, yep. yeah, absolutely. Yo, that's a great way to end it. I, I think. appreciate that. Good. Um, Good. that was a great convo. Um, and I appreciate you, Kerr, for coming on the show. You know, this was, this got pretty heavy, but Good. you know, it's positive. And, you know, one thing I want to emphasize is, uh, you know, I appreciate you guys being, like honest and mm-hmm. and having a you know a good convo you know it's weird because it's so like removed from this whole weekend it's going to be like that's right craziness that's but right. you know but it's like we said it's good to like get some thoughts out there have an honest conversation that's right and then you know we can get back into the festivities that's you right. know alumni that's right um but one thing um i'm definitely gonna have kirby on a solo episode mm. in the future Excited. i was uh, it's coming down the road. I gotta get myself down to DC and, and visit Curb and, and um, get that interview. That's right. We'll keep uh, we'll keep tracking this, <laughs> this radical transparency thing. I'll keep you guys posted on where it goes. And uh, and Murph's absolutely right. But look, I, you know, I think that these conversations, this kind of conversation, can absolutely happen in the midst of right a homecoming weekend. Yeah. Um, this you know this 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 broader theme of kind of integration and, and um, you know holistic synthesis and all of that is is just so consistent with with the nature of this conversation and yeah tomorrow morning we're gonna wake up give it two claps and a rick flair uh and start drinking beers and and and, and we'll keep this conversation in mind and we'll pick it up again um but we'll go out and we'll root for the williams football team and and we'll put everything behind them and we'll be excited and fired up to, to see people we haven't seen in a long time and 
uh, and we'll have this in the back of their mind, and that'll make us better in those interactions. <laughs> and, and you know, it'll make those guys better on the field to, to have thought about things like this. And um, and so it all applies, and it's all connected, um, even if we're not always thinking about it fully yeah. and 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 talking about it as in depth as this has been. But Murph, this has been uh, just great for me. Really, Fine. really, really good for me, and um, and a lot of fun. And, yeah. and and yes, has been heavy, but has also been just full of. Yeah. Full of joy, good uh, stuff. Full of excitement. For I'm me. just glad I got to see you guys. To be yeah, honest. man. You too. Yeah, it's been Big too time. long. Uh, been too long. For those out there, never graduate. <laughs> but if you do graduate, send a text every once in a while. Yeah. And by all means, find a chalet to go to. <laughs> Highly recommend it. Oh man! All right, that's gonna do it. Thanks, Dill, as well for the for coming on the show. <laughs> he says thanks. Um, and uh, that's gonna do it. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, Mer. Um. All right. Good night. Wow. Wow. Dope. All right. So that was the interview with Dylan and Kirby. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. it. Was it was really fun convo, and I and I love having conversations with them because there's never like there's no boundaries. Like you can really just think of anything you want to talk about, and we can be a little silly about it but also like seriously talk about anything so that was really cool i really enjoyed the part about talking about the possibility of being totally honest whether it be with other people and yourself and how rare it is because it's true i mean it's very difficult even being honest with yourself like your your mind always likes to play tricks on you to kind of whether it be cope with things or justify things. So, and, you know, getting in the habit of being honest with yourself and others is something that I believe is hugely beneficial for your mental and physical health. And and part of that that we kind of discussed was writing stuff down because a lot of times um, when you're just getting to, you're writing in your journal, you're writing something um what you're really thinking kind of comes out naturally and you're not like putting a, um, you're not putting, uh, you're not putting a filter on things. And I think that's important because it really comes out what you really want or what you're really thinking. And then, then you look back on it as like, all right, that's, that's the clarity that I want. It also is a good stress reliever. You know, you get your, you get all your thoughts out, you dump them out. Um, you get to kind of take a step back, breathe and, and just like let your thoughts go instead of just holding it all in and going throughout your day, your routine, and you don't really get a time to say, all right, what am I thinking right now? What, what am I doing? Things like that. So really cool. Um, I think, uh, all of the topics really cool. And, uh, I'm hoping to have another conversation like that in the future. If anybody liked this convo and would love to maybe continue the conversation or have some ideas for other topics, please send them to me. I'm really interested. I'll be happy to talk about these type of things with anybody. And, you know, that's what I want the podcast to kind of go towards. Um, Obviously, if I don't know you or I haven't talked to you in a while, I'd love to catch up, see what's going on with you. But I I really want to focus on kind of talking about conversations that are really interesting and not necessarily about each other, but about the idea we're talking about. Something happened recently. It it came, um, it produced a conversation about this idea and that idea and uh, what we think about that. So please send those to me again. Um, you can contact me through email at inspirewirepod at gmail.com or Twitter at inspirewirepod. So definitely do that. And, and I really appreciate you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you guys next time. That's right. Reality checking on that. Street lights, huh? Okay. Scorpion. Yeah. Uh. When I was young, 
I used to dream of being rich Having a lot of houses and cars Couldn't know which one was which And finding me a chicken getting hitched Living the fairy tale life perfect without a ditch You think that this will bring me happiness If at the end of every rainbow there was a treasure chest Sometimes having more is really less Take a look inside yourself, you realize you're really blessed No matter how you're sad and blue There's always someone who has it worse than you Sometimes you gotta pay your dues So don't worry, just push on through Keeping it real. Gotta dig up all my peoples who be working on the future, though they know they gotta struggle. Keeping it real. To all my homies working on the 9 to 5 and doing right to keep themselves up out of trouble. Keeping it real. Although sometimes I know it seems impossible, there ain't no need in drowning in your sorrow. Keeping it real. If things are as bad as they can be, you could be sure to be a brighter tomorrow. I never got to have myself the house, the mansion, and the vents. I'm not the kind of brother who be making mad ends. I got myself a girl, but we be kicking at his friends. It's not enough when me without the pens. Again, not everything you want is everything you really need. The standard of society is motivated by greed. Are you prepared to follow? Tell me, are you prepared to leave? So persevering, you succeed. Keeping it real. Gotta dig up all my peoples who be working on the future, though they know they gotta struggle. Keeping it real. So all my homies working on the nine to five and doing right to keep themselves up out of trouble. Keeping it real. Although sometimes I know it seems impossible, there ain't no need in drowning in your sorrow. Keeping it real. If things are as bad as they can be, you could be sure to be a brighter tomorrow. All the harsh realities appears to come in twos and threes. Don't worry, cause there'll be a better day. One thing I can promise you, just keep on keeping on. I swear to you, there's gonna be a brighter day. Thank you. 